hey, hey, what's happening all you wrestling marks? It's the Chief and Cody back again with In the Corner, episode two. How you doing tonight, Cody? All right, how's it going, Chief? It's going pretty good, my man. It is Wednesday, October 8th, and we told you we'd be back and we'd be doing this once a week. We're here to break down uh, Monday Night Raw, which was from this past Monday, October 6th. Uh, So we're going to get that started. Okay, so this Monday, Raw opens with... Seth Rollins coming out, and as usual, Cena and Ambrose come out and interrupt him, and then the authority comes down and make a handicap match. So it's kind of -of run-of-the-mill, raw opening of of the past 10 years. Right on the fly. Uh, But something really quick about Raw that I just want to touch on, because I haven't heard anybody else talk about this. How come Raw doesn't have theme music anymore? That's a great question. That's a real great question. Who knows? Who knows where that came from? Yeah. You know, it's just kind of weird to me because remember back in the day, not even long ago, you would have the opening video Mm -hmm. montage with the... Like the music that got everybody pumped up, yep. and the fireworks. Yep. The fireworks are going away. I can understand because that's expensive. Yeah, and, of course. Yeah. But they haven't had music, so when you go to the live event, when you're watching Raw, it comes up from nothing. So the yep. the fans are not into it. No, no, they're almost shocked that the program's beginning. Right. And there's no transition into uh, into the actual show itself. It's just hey. Eight o'clock starts and it's time to go. Yeah, I, I find that kind of weird because, A, if you're in the live audience, it's going to get the crowd going nuts. Yep. And if you're coming up and the crowd is not reacting to anything, it's kind of weird. Yeah. You should have that big pump up that they always had to get the viewers and the live audience into it. You're absolutely right. And you're right. They used to do it on live on the TV and for the crowd there. I remember going to several Raws growing yeah. up where five, <laughs> ten minutes before the show starts. The lights would go off. Yep. And whatever the ring announcer was would be telling you at when nine o'clock was going to hit. Yep. The sirens were going to start spinning. Mm-hmm. The music was going to play and to basically go nuts. And yeah. be into it. Yeah. Now it's just up oh, eight o'clock. Boop. That's it. Show starts. Yeah, I just that's found it. that kind of weird. So anyway, let's get back to it before we go off on some other yeah, tangent. Absolutely. All right. So the first match we had was um Golden Stardust and Cesaro versus the Usos and Dolph Ziggler. And um Ziggler and the Usos won. Um one of the Usos, I think it was Jimmy Uso pinned Stardust. And I thought it was a great match. It was a great a very wrestling match. match. Absolutely. And these guys are hitting it out of the park and stealing the show every week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The Usos and Ziggler have uh, just a ton of raw talent, athleticism. You can't really say enough about them. No, I agree. And Cesaro's kicking ass and Golden Stardust. Absolutely. And um, isn't it crazy that Goldust debuted almost, uh, what, about 1995, so 18 years plus yeah, ago? And he's still kicking. Yeah. And he still looks okay in the ring. He looks okay. And I, I know um, his last run a few years ago, he left and he was kind of overweight. But right. he, he came back and now he's in good shape. He's yeah. in probably the best shape he's ever been in. Of his I career. Think. He yeah. looks better now than he did 20 years ago. That's yeah. pretty remarkable. And that's a pretty cool thing, I think. Absolutely. Um, but the, the one criticism I have of this match is that was kind of pointless. It was. It's not building anything up. There's no storyline involved. And we're going to get into that as we move further along in this episode. 
but you're right. It's a six-man tag. And you're right. It's kind of probably thrown together 20 minutes before Raw starts yeah. and says, oh, you know what? These six guys are good athletes, so they're going to start off the show even though there's really no storyline, no really rhyme or reason for why right, it's happening. Right. Um, so like you said, it's, it was a good match. But again, no implications, no reasoning behind it or anything. So again, this is just Raw in 2014. No, I know. It. But see, what are we, um, probably two weeks and change away from the pay-per-view? Why uh, shouldn't that match have been building something for... Yes. I'm not really understanding it, what the point of that match was. I can see Usos and Goldust Stardust because I'm assuming they're going to have another match at Hell in a Cell. Yeah, that's that's what it looks like it's leading into. But Cesaro and Dolph Ziggler, I wasn't really, I didn't really know that they were in any sort of feud. No, and if the two of them, if they do set up a feud, that would be just fine. I'm actually thinking that would be a great match. Uh, yeah, it's going to be an awesome match. But it would be a match that would be better suited that they bring a feud in and uh, have it build for more than two weeks yeah. before a pay-per-view. Because mm-hmm. I believe the pay-per-view is in exactly two weeks or two and a half weeks, something like that. Um, I'll get the date in a second, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, so you would think that, uh, especially two guys that are uh, two of your better wrestlers in the company, uh, you would think are probably going to wrestle. You know, you see the six-man tag, sure. like you said, the Usos and... Golden Stardust uh, are going to obviously probably have their match. Mm-hmm. You would think the other two guys, Ziggler and Cesaro, would have a match. But like like you said, why is there no build up? It doesn't really make any it, sense. It doesn't make any sense. And this is something that they've kind of done for the last several years, where you're like two weeks, three weeks away. You don't know a single match for the pay per view. Nope, and it's not let's build anything up it's hey we've waited to the last second yeah. to put our pay-per-view together let's just start throwing throwing things at the wall and see what sticks yep and that's kind of sad and i think i've had this idea for at least the past 10 years that they should not have a pay-per-view every month because you get these b pay-per-views yeah, and, and like the A pay per views would be WrestleMania, Rumble, SummerSlam, Slam, Survivor Series, which I don't, not that's really even teetering on the line nowadays. Yeah. Uh, even Night of Champions, you could say, is maybe kind of like an A, but it's only an A when you have a guy like Brock Lesnar showing up sure. and a bigger name. So you're right; it's really like three pay per views that are A list pay per views. The rest are Bs, and I think you're being nice by saying that they're B pay-per-views. Yeah, there's some C pay-per-views. Oh, yes, C, Ds, and uh, <laughs> even, a, even a couple Fs, let's be quite honest. Um, yeah, well, this one, I mean, we don't know any of the match. Well, we know one match so far, at least. Well, actually, we know two matches, two, at least. Right. But we'll get to that later. All right, the next segment was Adam Rose, and he came out with Kathy Lee and Hoda from the Today Show to yeah. the ring. Yeah, um... Yeah, not much needs to be said about no, this. No, not much needs to be said. Awful would be a, a great yeah. word. And I don't know about you, and I don't know about other wrestling fans and marks out there, but I am getting pretty sick and tired of seeing some of these celebrities come on here yeah. for these guest appearances. It's one thing if they're a fan of the business, and they, you know, I understand why they have them on and for the recognition and to try to draw other interests and other sure. people into the... I understand it's all about ratings. Right, right. But... Was I the only one that thought that the two of those ladies looked 
totally lost in the ring. It was almost like they didn't really know yeah, where they were or I what mean, they were doing there. No, right. I mean, do you really think Kathy or Lee or Hoda have any clue of what's going on? No. Nope. They're middle-aged women. They're not watching. No, no. And not that they have to. Not like of Bob not. Barker was watching. Uh, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> or, but... I don't know. It, I, you know, they went for the humor thing, and I think they were trying. They were somewhat there for the breast cancer awareness. Yeah, they were because uh, John Cena was on their show that morning, yeah. and he was promoting breast cancer, and that's and that's a great thing. And don't get me wrong; oh, that's no, a no, cool yeah. thing. And Absolutely. Actually, Raw had some other stuff with. Yeah, the breast I was going to talk about that which too. We'll get to maybe in a little while. Yeah. It's a really cool thing, and don't get me wrong. Um, the only thing we're kind of making fun of and poking fun at is the fact that the two of those ladies just don't belong in a wrestling Right. Room. That's all. You no, know, yeah, I agree. Um, what, what else I was going to say about that was, well, first of all, something that was kind of funny but kind of stupid was she Hoda took an obviously fake wine bottle and <laughs> smashed it on yep. Kathy Lee's ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And... Um, and when they first came into the ring and uh, the music stopped and right before they were about to speak, um, the crowd was booing them. Yeah. And they're they like, were. oh, where did that come from? Yeah. And I'm like, well, you're completely out of touch here, obviously. Completely Look out at of, the crowd. Completely out of touch. And that crowd did not pay money to see uh, Kathy Lee Gifford and what is her name? Hoda. Hoda, Yoda, whatever you want to sure call her. I'm not sure what her last name is. Uh, she's on the Today Show. Let me see if I can look it up quick. Um, I think it's something. Let's see, really quick. Hoda Kotub is K O T B Kotub. Oh, that's I probably sound like an idiot for people who actually know her last name, but I don't think anybody listening. Yeah, this we apologize knows. to her <laughs> and to the rest of the people that know what her last name is pronounced or how it's pronounced. Yep. But uh, for the fact of the matter, anyway. they had no business being at Raw. No, so. but uh, one really quick note before we get off of this because we've spent way too much time already. Um, I w- actually watched the segment with John Cena on the Today Show with those two. Yep. And um, so they're talking about breast cancer awareness. It's all great. So they said, oh, what should we expect tomorrow night? And John Cena's like, oh, you know, WWE fans are usually a rowdy crowd, blah, blah, blah. And and Kathy Lee goes, oh, yeah, I heard, like, you get booed or something. She's like, why is that? And John Cena's like, oh, that's a long story. He said, there's some fans out there who think that new talent should be put in the spotlight over me. That's basically, that's kind of a rough yeah, a little synopsis well, of, yeah. Yeah, of what he said. I thought that was kind of funny, but whatever. A- anyway, moving on. So the next thing that happened, which um, I know you're eager to talk about, is the Luke Harper vignette. Yes. So the Wyatt family vignettes that they're doing. Now, there were there were two little vignettes. Uh, the first was... Uh, it basically, it was a it was a video package of Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper, and uh, a lot of it was Bray Wyatt talking about Luke Harper and uh, and his upbringing and how he got to where he is. And we know the Wyatts are a pretty deranged group, but they're pretty powerful as well. Um, I thought the video packages were both pretty cool for Harper and Rowan. Uh, basically. Uh, the first video segment was him setting Luke Harper free. Uh, it was a lot of build up talking about him, and he's basically set him free. Uh, 
I guess, release them into the wild of the WWE. <laughs> uh, the second segment, which got very interesting, was this almost along the same lines with Eric Rowan, basically releasing him uh, into the wild or uh, onto his own thing. And at the end, there was an image of uh, what appeared to be a woman and what appeared to be a pregnant woman uh, rubbing her stomach. And at the end of the segment, it flashed on the screen. It just said, it's coming. Uh, see, I, I saw that, but I didn't really put two and two together with the pregnant stomach thing. That's interesting. Yeah, that's uh, To me, it was very interesting. And uh, it caught my eye. And um, it caught my eye because it's not something where we were just talking about they threw that six-man tag match together. That's more along the lines of what the WWE does nowadays. These two vignettes, the first one obviously leading into the second with the image of the pregnant woman with it's coming. Uh, something's obviously coming soon. Uh, we don't know what it is, but it's stuff like that that leads people to want to watch more. Absolutely. And it's actually interesting. Uh, what it's going to be, we can speculate on a little bit. Um, I'm not really too sure what it could be. Um, I'm not sure either, but so online, everybody's talking about how they're splitting up the Wyatt family. Right. I don't, I don't really see it. It, it seems like um, they're not being split up, but they're all doing a singles thing. Right. I, and, and that's what I was hoping we touch on. I think he was, he was setting them free, but I think he was setting them free to do damage on their own nowadays and not just control damage where it's more Bray Wyatt telling them what to do. Right, right. I think he's brought them along and I really think it's more of just Bray Wyatt trying to put a couple guys over and and help them out along the way. Now, well, that looked bad on Bray Wyatt because if they go out, obviously they're going to be protected for the first little while. Mm -hmm. They're going to win all their matches. Of course. Wouldn't that sort of look, make... Bray Wyatt looked bad because since they've been with him in the past like four or five months, they've been losing every single match. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Uh, they they so. lost every single match to the Usos. Yep. I think there was three pay-per-views in a row in a row in a row that they lost. Yep. And countless Raws that they lost. And by the way, the three pay-per-view matches were all pretty awesome matches between the two. Oh, they I were really awesome. thought they were going to get over and win those belts. Yeah, I thought them. so too, and I thought that would have been a good move, but Absolutely. I don't know. I'm I'm hopeful and it looks like it's going to be a cool thing. Um no. What was I going to say? Uh no. I don't know why they quote unquote buried them for the past all three of them for yeah, the past yeah, several months. Yeah, it's not just Luke Harper and Eric Rowan; it's Bray Wyatt's included in this too. And yeah. He's almost been a non-factor on, on not just Raw but just WWE programming for the last few months. Yeah, well, it looks like they're repackaging and rebranding them because they kind of I don't know. Maybe this was their plan all along, but it, it seems like they kind of let them fall by the wayside and yep. now they're building them back up, which I think is awesome. Absolutely. But the, the really cool thing with this segment is in all these vignettes is it's the one thing in WWE that has some edge to it. It has a ton of edge and it's really cool. Yeah. It's really and cool. Bray Wyatt's got a, a maniacal twist to his character. Uh -huh. And uh, now it, it's, it's nice to see from all the kind of, 
not necessarily PG, but kind of PG storylines and lack thereof in the WWE. It's nice to see a guy with some real creative talent. And I know he's probably being told what to do and what to say with his character. But man, is he going with it. Yeah. He is really getting it done. He's awesome. And I am really excited to see what that vignette meant with. I want to know what's coming. And I know a few people uh, have speculated that it could be something with Bo Dallas because Bo Dallas and him are brothers, but I just have a feeling it's not. It may be something else. Not that that wouldn't be cool and everything like that, but uh, it's just interesting to see. It's something that captivates you and makes you want to keep watching. And that's... That's great. Yeah, and there's also talk that um, they're going to bring up the tag team, the Ascension from NXT, and they're going to be part of the new Wyatt family, like tag team. Yep. Which um, th- they're great. I mean, they're awesome in NXT, and um, they had the NXT title tag titles for almost a year straight. Right. And they just lost them to uh, Sin Cara and Kalisto. Yep. And that's a whole nother story. So we're not going to get into that, but they're an awesome tag team. Right. And everything that's going on in NXT is blowing away raw. Yeah, but, it, is. it really is. But, uh, so we don't go that far off. Let's see what happened next. Um, so speaking of Bo Dallas, um, the next thing that happened was Bo Dallas against Mark Henry. And Bo Dallas won by a count out. He... They were fighting outside the ring, and yeah. uh, Bo Dallas hit Mark Henry with something, and he ran back in the ring at like the nine count, and then counted ten, and Mark Henry uh, lost. Um, I'm not really sure what it's about. I don't know if they're trying to push Bo Dallas. Um, uh, I, I'm not really sure what to make of it. They, that's that's a great question. Yeah, and that's that's we could go on for that for a little while. Yeah, uh, who knows what they're doing? But this is not the first time Bo Dallas has won by either a countout or some sort of a random disqualification yeah. that doesn't make really any sense. I can't tell you if the WWE is happy with Bo Dallas. I'm not. Yeah, or if I, he's just yeah. a body they're throwing out there every Monday night. It's. You know what, though? Confusing. There's nothing wrong with being that body that they throw out there. There's right. got to be those guys. Of course. There's no such thing as jobbers anymore. No, so, not really. So there's got to be those guys that do that, and that's fine. That's been re- that's wrestling history from day one. There's got to be those guys. Yep. So that you know, the internet and all these people online like to say, oh, they're not doing anything with him. Yeah, but he has a job, A. Yep. He's on TV. And he's going out there, so they're doing something, but there's got to be those guys that just are there. Oh, absolutely. And to all those people who complain, and my God, we're some of them sometimes, you can't build every guy to be a main eventer every month. It wouldn't make any sense. No. So sometimes there's going to be a stretch in time, and don't get me wrong, Bo Dallas hasn't earned anything to be a guy who deserves this ultimate push. Uh, you got to take your bumps and you got to just kind of get yourself out there on tv sure. and you know it's might be confusing what they're doing with him but for the time being at least he's getting some exposure on television mm-hmm. and repeated exposure on television yeah so it'd be not- in- interesting to see what they do with him in time yeah i'm not really sure what they're doing with him right now um it'll be interesting to see mark henry he's just a guy that's been there for 15 plus years yeah, exactly um 
I don't know. In my opinion, I think it's time for the younger guys that are coming up to get more TV time than a guy like Mark Henry and Big course, Show. Of course, absolutely. Way more. Yeah. Way more, to, way more exposure. It's, it's time for that transition with yeah. a lot of these guys. No, you're, you're definitely right because they've been around for 15 years. If WCW or TNA was a little bigger, there'd be a place for those guys to go. Of course. But that's a whole nother long story. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's see. We had another segment with John Cena and Dean Ambrose, and they were both came out, and Ambrose left, and he left the arena, and then they, five minutes later they show him getting on the subway, going yeah. to Coney Island, supposedly. Yeah, that, that started, didn't it start off with Ambrose was in the ring, and he called out Cena? And then yeah. They were talking about their little handicap match, and mm-hmm. yeah, basically Ambrose left them high and dry. Right, right. And uh, Cena and I have noted here that Cena, as usual, came out to huge boos, and Dean Ambrose was over like crazy yep, with a crowd. Just a crowd favorite right now. She, yep. Um, so after that, we had Brie Bella versus Summer Rae. Mm-hmm. Which ends, Brie Bella had one arm tied behind her back. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie. This would be right around the time that the Chief flipped it onto Monday Night Football. I, I don't blame you. No, and I wouldn't blame anybody else who did the same. The only reason I didn't do that is because I watched it uh, last night, which is Tuesday, on the DVR. Yeah. Um, but so it wasn't really explained why she had her arm tied behind her back. And Nikki was kind of watching from, the, uh, you know, by the Titantron on the stage. I don't know. It, it was basically totally unexplained, and it didn't really make much sense. And Brie won, which you think if they were trying to punish Brie by having an arm tied around her back, she would lose. But I guess not. You would think that it would be the authority and Nikki Bella's way of, quote-unquote, torturing Brie Bella. Yeah. But, you know. You know what? They were building this feud big time with the two uh, Bella sisters, but um, I don't know. It looks like they put that on the back burner. So They sure have. I think that's all we have to say about that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right. So the next segment was Jack Swagger versus Tyson Kidd. Yep. Now, I, actually, this I so I took some notes from Raw this week, and I probably wrote the most notes about this match, yep. surprisingly. Okay, A, Tyson Kidd and Jack Swagger are awesome wrestlers. They had a great match. Yeah, it was a pretty good match. Absolutely. Yeah, Tyson Kidd, this is the second week in a row he's come out with um, Natty. Yep. And he has, like, Beats headphones on for some reason. Apparently, he doesn't give a shit about his career. He he just comes out and he, he's got an attitude. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're pushing this storyline with Natty and Tyson Kidd. But they come up from commercial and Tyson Kidd's already in the ring. Yeah. Jack Swagger's on halfway down. Yep. Why do we care about those two? When ha- when else have they been on TV? I guess the whole thing is they're building stuff up in NXT and Total Divas, more so Total Divas with yeah, Natty absolutely. with marriage problems. But you would expect them to have some sort of video package explaining this. 
Right, like like raw for the last ever twenty. Yeah, exactly. Forever, the last twenty years. But nope, there's no explanation, no nothing, and uh, it's it's starting to get me to wonder: is that Total Diva show all a work? Oh no, it's totally scripted. It, it's yeah. ridiculous. This, yeah, it's a joke. It, it's a joke, and. If they want to promote it, first of all, they barely talked about Total Diva, so I'm not really sure how this Thank is promoting God. the show during this match. Yeah, that's fine. Any any lack thereof of promotion is okay with the Chief. I don't need to see anything Total Divas related. If you want to watch the show and you like the show, that's fine. Tune into E and watch the show every Sunday or whatever the hell day it's on. That's right. I it don't sucks. even know what day it's on. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they should be showing clips from that show, A. B, they should be showing some sort of clips or highlights of why Tyson Kidd and Natalia have a problem. Have a problem because it, I don't know. It just looks like two random people in a ring arguing before and after the match. And I just want to throw in there, Tyson Kidd is one hell of an athlete. Oh, he's just awesome. Wanna, just want to say that too. He's awesome and it's kind of sad that they put him in this stupid unexplained storyline. Yeah. and he, um, He's the closest thing they have to a jobber right now. It's job arrests, some of the things he's doing. He's but just, you know what? He's a main eventer on NXT. Exactly. It, it doesn't, doesn't make, any, make sense. any sense. And I'm not saying he's going to come up to Raw and be a main event type guy not and, at all. and win all these matches, but can you at least maybe give him a little bit of credibility and not stick him in a storyline that just has no explanation? No explanation. I no. Was, had no clue why... He, that they were even no. in some sort of scuffle. Nope, absolutely not. It's almost like the WWE assumes that the fans follow these people around in That's their normal everyday lives, and we already know. We don't live in the same house as Tyson Kidd and Natalia, so we really <laughs> don't know what their lives well, are like I, or anything like that. I don't think there's anything actually really going on, no, and, and I hope I, and, not. And, I'm, and, I, I, and I use that word, and I'm using this in, in, a, in it's all a work. We we know of it is. We know the show's yeah, a work. Yeah. We know it's all a joke. Anyone who thinks that that Total Divas show is any kind of reality doesn't have a grasp on that word. And what I mean is they don't have a grasp on their own reality. Because if you think a WWE show is all legitimate and real, like a show like that, yeah. you are sadly mistaken and oh, probably yeah. should have your head examined. Yeah, so that was really weird. And I kind of, when I was watching it, I was all... I was getting kind of steamed because I just didn't understand why it's a three-hour show. They can't show a 30-second video package. Right. A 15-second video package of why these two are out here. Well, Cody, they have to they have to save time for Diet Mountain Dew advertisements. Yeah, and, That's and, all and it Chris is. Lee knows best. And Chris Lee knows best. And let me just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get sidetracked, <laughs> but... <laughs> who, who dubbed Chris Lee as the guy who knows best? <laughs> who the hell is that guy? <laughs> Does anyone know? He's just Nobody a, knows. He's a random guy with a reality show. He's just a rich southerner that randomly has his a show with his family. It doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. Well, according to USA Net- Network, which is a reliable source on their shows. Oh, of course they are. <laughs> he, he's one of cable's top-rated shows. But, oh, really? That's that's interesting. Then why is it on at eleven o'clock? On Monday nights on USA. I don't know, but interesting. The if you watch Raw from start to finish and and aren't skipping through the commercial breaks, there is literally a promo or a commercial for him at every 
Every segment, he's break. on Raw at least a dozen times within that three yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah. That's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And to top it all off, he's the guest host or whatever of Raw next week. Yeah, it's, it doesn't we make knew that exist. was coming. <laughs> <laughs> we nobody, all knew that was coming. Nobody knows who this guy is. Nope. And, um, and if we can be really honest and edgy here, yeah, is he possibly gay? I, that's the, the first thing I saw... <laughs> And the first time I heard words come out of his mouth, and don't get me wrong, this isn't a knock against homosexuality, No. but the first thing I thought is he's gay and he looks like a gay guy with a hired family that works with him. Yeah. Are they even a real family? <laughs> Has anyone seen or heard the Chrisleys outside of that television show? I want to know. And if you do, email us or post a comment in one of our blogs on Attitude Sports if you have seen the Chrisleys outside of that TV show. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. By God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we gotta we gotta Let's, move on. Yeah, we're definitely I, gonna move on. I could talk about that for an hour because I thought that was funny <laughs> since the second I saw it. But anyway, uh, so Jack Swagger won that match, and uh, I'm not really sure what that match did. But anyway, um, so they had Roman Reigns live via satellite, and Michael Cole started off in the ring, and it kind of seemed like he was interviewing him, and then he sort of drifted off yeah and then you could clearly tell unfortunately roman reigns was reading from cue cards or a teleprompter yeah um but it's, it, he looks in great health and it looks like he's doing good and hopefully he's he'll be back sooner than expected yeah i hope so too because he was seemed like a superstar really on the rise right. so you hope he gets back as soon as possible yeah and i think um with him gone dean ambrose has taken over his spot Absolutely. And um, in my opinion... Stolen the spotlight. Stolen the spotlight. Yeah. And he's doing a great job, and the crowd is way more into him than they are Roman Reigns, in my opinion, right now. Oh, yeah. He's getting 10 times the pop Roman Reigns got. And that's to take nothing away from Reigns. The crowd loves Reigns, and they really like him. But, man, Dean Ambrose, we could talk on and on and on about Dean Ambrose. His character's got it. He is hitting the nail right on the head with his character. I totally agree. Kudos to him and credit to him. Okay, so the next match, which I wrote a lot of notes about and I could just spout off about, was El Torito oh boy. versus Hornswoggle, a.k.a. Uh, Mini Gator. Yeah. <sighs> I, I, again, flipped over to the Seahawks Redskins during some of this match, but sadly, sadly, my timing wasn't the best because I caught pieces of this match. And uh, I remember I saw one part of the match with them putting a cloth over uh, the mini mini gator, AK. We all know it's frigging Hornswoggle's head. It's just Hornswoggle in a frigging gator outfit. We saw him put, a, put it over his head because that, I guess, is how a quote-unquote gator is put to sleep you put the cloth over his head he passes out yada 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 we all know the rest um this is just another god-awful segment and you want to talk about the wwe just throwing things together one they throw these el matadors together and then slater gator you want to talk about a tag team that was thrown in 30 seconds before I just I, I I don't get it. I I, I don't, don't get, get it too. either. And this um, Los Matadores. Okay, let's start with them. A. How many Mexican Matador 
or Spanish, I have to say, which you don't know the difference no, in WWE Universe. Nope. No, it's all the same. <laughs> but how many of those gimmicks are they going to have? And I thought those stopped in like 1994. I thought they did too, but apparently we got to keep it going. And at one point, one point, uh, the crowd did chant, this is boring, and it was very loud. No, and this is stupid. This is stupid. This I'm is sorry, stupid. not this is boring. Uh, this is stupid. And uh, that was actually one of the one of the two or three things I got from that match, other than them trying to put Hornswoggle to sleep, or the mini gator, I should say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, pardon, pardon my uh, my ignorance. Um, <laughs> the one the the one little thing I got obviously was them chanting, "This is stupid." I apologize, but that was this is stupid, and I caught one of the matadors on the outside of the ring laughing. One of them cracked a smile if yeah. you watch closely enough. Because guess what, folks? They know how stupid it is, too. The crowd in Brooklyn yeah. doesn't have this super intelligence to know that that segment is dumb. A three-year-old knew that that segment was stupid. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of problems with this segment on several levels. All right, A, why would they book this match on their main show in New York City, which they always know is dominated 99% with... Adult males. Adult males, exactly. Why would they do that? And it's a hot crowd. It's almost like they're doing it to mock that crowd. But I'm going to tell you what. You don't want to mock a crowd or any crowd. They're paying decent money to see you on Monday night. We're tuning in. Why would you Why would you throw out a segment like that? You couldn't think of something better than that? My goodness. That, it, it, was, it was just so bad. And... I think that segment was literally the pinnacle of the dull, stupid PG era that we've had. And I hope that crowd got the attention of the guys in the back. I do, too. And um, it's stupid. And so during the crowd chanting, this is stupid, Jerry Lawler said, Oh, what's the crowd saying? This is what? It's like... Come on, Jerry. We all know what they're chanting. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they were also chanting Derek Jeter during this match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is the not the it was the first, but not the last time we heard that chant later on in the evening. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we knew it was a New York crowd. But my God, what else were you supposed to chant? Yeah. And there was just, as usual, horrific commentary and stupid little jokes that were not funny. And JBL said something like, we respond to our WWE fans like, this is what they want or something. He said something along those lines. And I'm just like, well, my my question is, where did they go uh, when they when they were asking people what they want and all these WWE fans? Where did they go? Did they take it to the streets or did they take it to an elementary school? Yeah, because I don't think this is what the fans want, JBL. And I know that's a scripted line. Uh, you you saying that and whatnot because I don't think JBL can think of many things on his own. No, but this yeah. is not what people want. Not at all. Not at all. It was a disaster all the way around. The crowd could care less. Everybody watching at home could care less. And all I could say is, when segments like this come on, change the channel. Absolutely, because they can get a breakdown of the ratings per segment. Mm-hmm. And they can see a big drop off, and oh, I'm they sure know. there is. They know. But if we want these segments to go away, change the channel during that, and don't come back for like ten minutes. 
the only people that were happy with that segment were the people from the NFL and ESPN. And this just saying right. thank you because there's only one word associated with that segment: click. Exactly. That was, that was the click of the remotes to the next channel, whether it be football, whether it be whatever show you watch on Monday night, other than Raw, if you do watch a show that you watch back and forth, I normally do, because I can't watch three full hours of some of this, I'm going to say it, flat-out garbage that they put on television. It's It's garbage. garbage. Yeah. And uh, I I just don't get it. And if you look into the crowd, 90% or more of the crowd is adult Men, 20 plus. Yep. Not even 18, not 16, not 15. Yeah, we're talking, yeah. Teenagers are not watching WWE nowadays. No, they're not. It's it's a weird thing. You get kids from, I would say, what, like 6 to 12. After that, there's a big drop-off, probably because the puberty situation. The puberty, and I think a lot (laughs) of these kids hit puberty and realize, wait a minute. Everything we've been watching for the last six or seven years sucks. It, it's all terrible. And they say it's not cool. No, it's not cool. When we were teenagers, WWE was cool. It was badass. It's not cool. Yep. Every, everything we saw when we were teenagers, everything in wrestling was more badass than any sport, any television show, right. any gimmick or outside thing that would attract teenagers or young adults. Nothing beat the WWE. At that time. And it's just not the same. And you see it now. You don't see those 15, 16, and 17-year-old kids. Because 10 years ago in 2004 or 2005, they were all 5 and 6 and 7 years old. And they were all probably John Cena fans or some sort of a PG or a TV kitty gimmick that in 10 years as they grew up, they realized, this sucks. We yeah. don't want to see this anymore. This isn't cool. This doesn't relate to us as they've grown up. The WWE in the last 10 years has not done really one single thing to evolve from their PG cut. Now, now, I'm not saying they have to be totally outlandish. And we said this in the, in the first episode. They don't have to be totally outlandish. Give us something. Can you give us something? Just change it up a little bit. Yeah. That's all you have to do. That's Throw all- us a curveball every Absolutely. now and then. Absolutely. But you know what? They're getting to the point where it's going to be unavoidable. And we're almost at that climax where people are are so tired of it. And they don't have to go back to TV 14 with like no, Sable like not. showing her tits every week. No, you don't have to go back to the to the Sable painted hands Although, on her Although, do breasts. we want that? Yes. I mean, do we want it? <laughs> yeah, we do. We want to see that kind of stuff. Do we want to see Stone Cold rolling out with the beer truck? Yeah, we do, but you don't have to do that every week. Uh, it doesn't have to be you know anything crazy like that. Just something with a little more of an edge. We don't need to yeah. see a midget dressed up in a gator suit. That is not entertaining to anybody. No. It's just not. Nobody. No, it's you, not. It's, they did that for five- and six-year-old kids. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it, awful. It's, it's a mess. They shouldn't have done it in that crowd in that city. No, that it was. It shouldn't a, have been on Raw. No, it, it shouldn't be done in any. It city. shouldn't be doing it on any show or any. If they wanted to do it, do it on the main event or superstars. Absolutely, that's on Some, the network that nobody watches. Exactly, that nobody watches. Thank you. That's a that was a perfect. That's a perfect segue. That's a perfect it, yeah. perfect statement. And you know, well, you know, we run a wrestling podcast here, but 
we don't watch every single second of it. You do not need to watch um, the main event or superstars. No. You don't even barely need to watch SmackDown. Nope. Which, Absolutely not. I'll admit it. I don't watch SmackDown. No, I, I rarely do. Every now and then I'll flip it on and, you know, watch 15 or 20 minutes of it. But, I mean, I'd be lying if I told you I've watched a full episode of SmackDown in the last five years. Yeah, no. It just hasn't happened. No. And there's no and, need for and it. And guess what, folks? I feel like the two of us got a pretty good grasp on what's going on in the WWE. Probably more than people who do tune into SmackDown every week. Yeah, well... Uh, anyway, so yeah, this was just a bad segment all around. And um, what are you going to do? There's only so much complaining you could do. They'll get the hint eventually. And um, they're getting to a point where they're stagnant and stale. And we're seeing the same things over and over again. We're seeing the same outdated stuff. You know, it's basically like we're seeing WWE in 1995 again. We're, oh God! Absolutely, we're seeing like the Duke, the Dumpsters, and the Goon to almost a worse, more childlike extent. <laughs> Which who knew we could get even more childlike? Yeah, who who knew it could even get like that? They're they're just cartoon characters. They're cartoon characters portrayed in real life. That little, and I don't mean to keep hopping on the Gator thing, but right. my God, it's <laughs> what we saw in front of us. It's recent. It's current. That little Gator segment. Is a cartoon act. That's all Which, that is. You can have that, but that was just a complete disaster all around, and it was unneeded. wasn't funny. wasn't entertaining. <sighs> they could have made that funny if it was a backstage segment for a minute and a half, not a match. A minute and a half. That's too much. It is too much. But I'm trying to be generous. I'm yeah. trying. I'm trying to be generous and not be totally negative. But yeah, a thirty. No, sec- I know. I thirty know second segment. All right, well, let's move on from this because that segment is just a complete bitch fest with every fan, I would think. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Okay, so the biggest segment of the night, I would say, was next with uh, Rusev. Yep. So Rusev came out, and him and Lana were doing their regular shtick, let's say, and... um, you know, they came out and they're doing their thing. Those two are awesome. Lana's awesome on the mic. And she really is. They're lighting stuff up. They're getting so much heat on themselves, and um, which is awesome. So Big Show, he was calling out Big Show. Big Show wasn't coming out because he was in sensitivity training. Yeah. Although at the beginning of the show, they said something like, the Big Show has to come out to ringside but can't do anything or something like that. They said something like that, but Big Show never came out, and it was kind of weird. But um, so Rusev and Lana are going on and on and on. There's a pause, and all of a sudden, we hear the iconic, If you smell! Yep. The crowd goes absolutely ape shit. Yeah. They go nuts. The chief went ape shit. Let's be quite honest. I was shocked as hell. Yeah, everybody was shocked. I think it was awesome. Rock comes out, it takes him, you know, five minutes to get to the ring and five yeah. minutes for the for him to start talking, as usual, which is cool. He had the crowd in the palm of his hands. Yeah, he did, as the always. palm of his hands. Um, so this was awesome. The Rock got a huge chant. Um, you know, he kind of did the open hand punches to Rusev, knocked him out of the ring. Um, they protected Rusev. He didn't get rock bottomed or no, knocked no, out. Nope. 
So, just just got rattled a little bit. Yeah. That's all. So they didn't really destroy his character that mm-hmm. they've been kind of building up, which was a good thing. Yeah, it was a good thing. Uh, whether you think Roos is a talent or not, they didn't ruin his character, which is good. Yep. Uh, and overall, it was just cool to see The Rock. It's cool. The Rock, it's always awesome when the guy shows up. Yep. And uh, apparently, that was a surprise thing that happened. The Rock happened to be in New York City that day. Uh, for other business, we know he's a huge movie star. We know the guy makes moves like no other. Uh, just happened to, I guess, he probably called Vince McMahon or the WWE or somebody and said, hey, mind if I show up on Raw tonight? And he did. Right, right. Well, I th- I read somewhere that it was planned for a little while, but who, who knows what that yeah, was. Yeah, right. But right. I guess they didn't tell anybody. The only people who knew were Vince and some of the backstage um guys and rusev and lana but like even the commentators i guess they didn't tell them because they wanted a raw reaction from them yep so that was pretty cool and you know they brought some of the nostalgia and you know it was awesome and this whole segment was pretty funny and it was electrifying as it always is when the rock is in the ring now do you think they're they're eventually going to build for a match at wrestlemania 31 with those two the rock and rusev the rock and rusev or do you think there'll be a match at all? Do I think The Rock's going to be at WrestleMania 31? Yes. Do I think it's against Rusev? Probably not. No. I think... It, it's tough. I, I think it was a surprise return. And it was, I thought it was pretty cool that The Rock was in the ring with a guy like Rusev, who's kind of a younger talent yeah. and, and whatnot. I think that was more of just the opportune time... Because Rusev and Lana have so much heat on them from the fans. And I can probably assume a lot of people who don't watch wrestling that have gotten wind of the Rusev gimmick and the Lana thing and whatnot. Probably, they probably have some heat from people who don't watch wrestling. Yeah. I think that was the perfect guy to send The Rock out to work with. Yeah, that was a really good idea. And it only puts over Rusev more. Absolutely. And um, it was just a really cool segment. And probably the ratings went up a little bit. Well, not a little bit. Probably a lot probably during that exactly, segment. Probably a lot. Yeah. So it's good to see The Rock every once in a while. And as we're recording this, it's Wednesday. Um, SmackDown's on Friday. But as usual, they tape on Tuesday. Of course. So I guess The Rock has a segment on SmackDown that they yep. taped on Monday night. Yeah. So that should be pretty interesting. Maybe yeah. I'll tune on. In for that. Yeah, or... exactly. I might just actually tune in on SmackDown just to see that. So that that's pretty interesting. Um, all right. So let's. So there's some other things we can talk about after this, but let's. There's a couple more segments that happened on Raw here. Um, the next match was the Miz with Damian Mizdow yep. against Sheamus. Now um, it's a pretty good match. Um, the crowd was way into Damian Mizdow, yep, big time, and they were chanting Mizdow, Mizdow, and we want Mizdow, yep, and um, they also chanted um, Sandow is better. They did, yeah, yeah. I caught that, and it's interesting. First off, it's just flat out cool and funny that Mizdow mocks and mimics everything that the everything. Miz does in the ring. Yeah, here's my question and it's not a really maybe it's not a question it's more of a observation and 
a concern if you're the Miz. Is it me or is Damian Sandow or Damian Mizdow getting over more than the Miz is? Um, I don't know. I think, in my opinion, he is. Um, and I think he's a better character overall. I do too. I don't think anybody within WWE creative is realizing that. No, but Mizdow, it's almost like a. I, I think Miz, Damian Sandow or Mizdow, whatever the hell you want to call him, he's going to end up benefiting from this character and gimmick that he's working with. Uh, right now. I think so too. And it's one of those cases where you stick a guy in a character to try to help somebody else. And it ends up as the sidekick is the one who ends up being the guy with more popularity. Yeah, kind of like the whole uh, Sable with um, Mark Merrow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, You know, I think Sandow or Mizdow is doing an awesome job. Me too. And you know what? I think Miz has kind of stepped it up in this recent run. I do too. I do too. He's good. I think he's doing great. He has great matches with Ziggler. I'd like to see a match with him and uh, Cesaro. Yep. I think that would be great. Um, it looks like maybe they're going to have a Miz-Sheamus match at Which is Hell in okay. a Cell. Which is pretty cool. That's an okay match. That's fine with me. Yeah. Um, I, I think. I don't know. They they don't really seem to have a feud. Miz hasn't done anything to no, upset you... Sheamus. No. So it's... And this again comes back to the whole storyline type thing. It's this is, these are just matches they're throwing out a couple hours or throwing things together minutes before Raw starts and they're changing the script on the fly, which yep. is one pretty crazy. That's crazy to do a three hour live scripted show and be changing this crap on the fly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're hearing all these reports online which some of them I believe and some of them I don't, which yeah, exactly. say they're changing the scripts constantly and there's 20 writers. Yeah, I just don't understand how in 2014 they have 20 writers, which I'm sure not all of them are for Raw, but they have 20 writers. Let's say five, six of them are for Raw. Why are they changing it at the last second? Why do they need that many writers? And if that's the case... Why is it the shittiest period ever, almost, if they have this many writers? And why are they changing it at the last second? I think there's too many writers. There's too many opinions. And there's too many opinions from people that don't understand what the hell the freaking business is all about. You've got all these freaking characters, like you said last week, from formerly Regis and Kelly or whatever the hell it, whatever the hell background these guys have. There's too many minds in a room at one time. And sometimes that's too much. They need to shave it down by 75%, get it down to five writers, five writers who have a clue about how the business works. And I'm not saying you have to be a writer and have to be in, you have to be involved with the WWE for 30 years to be able to write and be creative. No, because there are segments that happen on Raw that are good and they're entertaining. Why can't they keep that moving? To me... I think it's they're taking these 20 writers, they're putting four for one segment, four for another, four for another, four for another, and four for another. Right. And you can tell whose segments are coming out. But here's the problem. At what point is the WWE going to weed some of these creative writers out and say, okay, these two segments were terrible. Look at the ratings. Time to rip them out. Time to give some of these other writers maybe a little bit of a heavier workload. 
mm-hmm. and let some of these same writers write these storylines, and then it becomes a more complete and entertaining show. Yeah. I just don't understand what's going on. I, I mean, everything, once again, like we said last week, goes through Vince. He has the final word. Right, of course. Which you need that one guy who gives the final word. Absolutely. But for whatever reason, his final word is clouded. I think he has a lot of people, like a lot of yes men around him right now. And I think there's a lot of people who are afraid for their job, who don't want to stir the pot, who want everything Absolutely. to be vanilla as possible. So they get their segments on the air and they keep their job. Absolutely. A lot of glad-handing yes-men. Yeah. As CM Punk would have referred to them as. Right. And he's... Correct. In my opinion, listen, nobody really knows what's going on backstage. Nope. We don't work there at all. No, We don't claim to. We don't claim to have any inside knowledge. This is only speculation, so... But, you know, during the Attitude Era, which was absolutely, without a doubt, the best and most popular era... In wrestling history. The best. And the, the numbers no don't argument. lie. No, no, there argument. is no argument. There absolutely isn't. The numbers just don't lie. There was no 6.0 ratings in any other era of wrestling other than that. You know, during that era, for Raw, the creative team was Vince. Vince it's Russo. Russo. And there was another guy whose name was Ed Ferrara who yep. came in later. Yep. And um, Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara um, left for WCW in 99. Right. Um, and, that's, and we saw all that play out back in the day if you were watching back yep. then. So we won't get into that right now, but that's an interesting story actually. But there was three guys really calling all the shots. That's it. And, and they were wrestling in Sawyers. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and they knew exactly how the business worked. I have a feeling that Jim Ross had something to do with some, just a little bit of the creative, only from a, maybe from a commentating standpoint. But let's just say there was less than a handful of guys writing that show that had a genuine knowledge of how the business worked. Now, I know the business has changed, and it's more... Which is okay. Uh, yeah, of course. Things changed as time goes on, and you have to adapt. And... Uh, to that and it's a little more of a reality era and whatnot and you know everything now with wwe is twitter and whatnot but yeah so it's a different business there was no twitter and there was no crap like that when the attitude era existed monday night was monday night and it was easier to keep secrets about storylines and things that were happening back then there was no internet there was no freaking podcast yeah with the chief and no, cody I talking agree. every week so that's hard from that i will give them that's tough to deal totally with. Totally agree. It's tough to deal with people like us going on and constantly criticizing, and then you have to come up with some sort of a show to give us a twist so next week when we go on, we won't criticize you for something else. But there is a small thing you can do, and like we said, just take those 20 writers away, get a handful of people who you think are the four or five best writers in your company and go with it. Stop taking these other 15 and taking their shitty freaking segments and putting them on TV every week. That's all. It's just a suggestion. Not saying we know more than right. anyone. No. It's just a suggestion. Not at all. You know, we haven't been running the WWE for 40 years like no, Vince. We haven't, exactly. They um, know better than we they do. They know Trust better me. than we do. All we are is fans. We're oh. just fans giving our fandom and our fan perspective on things. And you That's know why all. we complain? Because we want to see it succeed. We want to see it better. Which then, Not that they're not succeeding, but we want to see it. 
at the level that we were used to for so yeah. long. It's it's okay to say they're not succeeding because they lost almost over a half a billion dollars less than six months ago. They so they're not succeeding <laughs> at the level they thought they would be. And we only complain because we care. We watch it. We're fans. We care. Whatever you're a fan of and something you like, whether it's baking cookies, watching wrestling, <laughs> whether it's fencing, soccer, baseball, fencing. basketball, whatever the hell it is you like. If you're a fan of it and you don't like what you're seeing, guess what you're going to do, folks? You're going to complain. Do you think there's two guys sitting like in a like a kitchen in England having a doing a fencing podcast right now? Oh, chum. <laughs> Did you catch that fencing match? The fencing podcast. <laughs> I sure as hell hope not. But uh, you never know. You never know. You never know. That's funny. But yeah, you know, we just want them to put on the best product we can. So, I mean, they can, not we? They can so we can watch and we can support them and we can be interested. And that's all we care about. We don't, we don't want to be constantly criticizing. Of course. Which we probably will anyway. We're always going to no. keep. <laughs> we're always going to criticize because that's human nature is to criticize something. Sure. But my God, Cody, we've been watching wrestling for about twenty years now, and we're about as loyal fans as they have. So I feel like at this this stage in the game, we have the right to complain. But like I said, we only complain because we care. There yeah. are a lot of things we do like about the programming we see. Oh yeah, so I, agree. Let's not, I agree. Let's not take that away from anything either. All right, so let's get back on track here. So we had Ms. Dow, Sheamus. Uh, I mean, Miz and Sheamus. Um, then we had the segment with um, Joan London, who used yep. to be on, uh, was it Entertainment Tonight? It was Entertainment Tonight. It was some sort of TV show I know that she used to be yeah, on. Yeah, well, it was in the late 80s. Or, and, and she's currently fighting breast cancer or that's has right. fought and beat breast cancer. She, I don't think she's beat it yet, she's but fighting she's it, fighting right? it. Yeah. And... Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, this it was a great cause and awesome. The crowd was very respective towards it, which is awesome. Which is absolutely WWE awesome. fans always are. Yeah, absolutely. it was a great cause, and I thought it was a great segment actually. And Joan London um, hit it out of the park and was awesome when she was describing everything. Yeah, she she was great. Uh, I'm sure she seemed almost seemed a little bit nervous being out there. She's never been in a WWE setting. But uh, it was a great thing, and breast cancer awareness is one shouldn't be noted for just one month. We should be aware of it, uh, you know, year I round. Agree. I uh, agree. And any cancer for that matter. My mother actually just beat breast cancer less than a year ago, so that's just a quick shout out to my mom uh, and to any uh, any female uh, or any male battling any form of cancer. Uh, it's a tough thing to go through, and uh, we just give any credit to people fighting that because it's never an easy thing. Totally agree. Totally agree. It was an awesome thing, and um, yeah, I think we can move on from there. But she was great, and uh, absolutely, all the best and all the prayers to her yep. that she makes a full recovery. It looks like she's doing well. Um, so the last segment was the handicap match with John Cena against. Um, Orton, Orton, Kane, K corporate Kane, corporate. Come Kane. on now, corporate, corporate Kane. Kane. <laughs> Who I guess he can just switch between corporate. Kane. He's like dude, love he's, and yeah, Cactus he's, yeah, Jack. He's corporate Kane and real, real the big red machine or the devil's favorite demon. Whatever. Right, First right. Guy's had nineteen freaking nicknames for yeah. his one gimmick in his whole career. Well, whatever. He's uh, he's in it for the long haul, yep. and you know it couldn't. 
Isaac Yankum. Isaac Yankum. You know, I couldn't go towards a better guy. He seems like he's awesome, and he's just... He does, yeah. He's been kicking ass for such a long time. Many years. Um, so it was Orton, Kane, Rollins against Cena, and it was supposed to be Ambrose. But he ditched him. He ditched them, so Cena, you know, got in a couple shots, and then for the rest of the time got his ass kicked. Yep. Until... Stone Cold Dean Ambrose came down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, perfect reference. <laughs> yes. Um, Dean Ambrose came down with a um, New York City... Hot dog. Hot dog cart. Cart, yeah. And um, he came down and sprayed uh, Orton and Kane in the face with mustard, mustard and ketchup. Mustard and ketchup, yeah. And which I guess... pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Which I can imagine that stings. Um, so it was kind of like a modern day um, beer truck kind of yeah, thing. A PG beer truck. A PG, a PG beer truck. A PG beer truck with ketchup <laughs> and mustard. But right. it was still cool. It was still cool. Whatever you know. I don't have a problem with it. They they always have these goofy segments yep. like that. So when people get sprayed with something, I'd rather be that than with the slime from the week before. Absolutely. I mean. You know, he's a lunatic fringe, and he's so crazy that he, he might slimes sp- people. He might spray slime on you one week. <laughs> but then the next week, it might be ketchup and mustard. Yeah. Who knows what condiment he's going to show up with on Raw next week? Uh, it could be sriracha, I think. It could be Hellman's mayonnaise. Yeah. It could be anything. He's Stay gonna tuned, drive folks. up in, like, the Rolls Royce from, like, the early 90s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> Great reference. Yeah. Um, so, so they came down, and Ambrose and Cena were beating up everybody. Everybody kind of got knocked out of the ring. Um, Ambrose, you know, got a little bit of time with Rollins, and he got to beat him up a little bit. And um, yeah, so then after that, they were Cena and. Ambrose were left in the ring by themselves, and then all of a sudden the authority comes out, uh, Stephanie and Triple H, and they announce the first match for Hell in a Cell, which is going to be Ambrose against Cena. Yep. And the winner will face Seth Rollins. Inside a Hell in a Cell. Inside a Hell in a Cell. So basically, they really de facto announced two matches. Yeah. They announced one solid match, which is Dean Ambrose and Cena square off to wrestle Seth Rollins in the cell. And we obviously know the second match will be Seth Rollins in a cell either yep. against Dean Ambrose or Cena. Now, you can take that where you want to. It could be Rollins and Ambrose. could be Rollins and Cena. It could be some gimmick where it's all three of them inside of a Hell in a right, Cell. Right. But there's also another factor that Randy Orton's around, and there's been advertisements, local advertisements, because I believe the pay-per-views in Dallas. I might be wrong. I saw it somewhere, but anyway, I read a blog in, or an article today, I should say, about a lo- the local area where the pay-per-view is going to be located is advertising Orton inside of a Hell in a Cell, and it's actually the loser of the Ambrose Cena match. So we could be looking at two Hell in a Cell matches at the pay-per-view, which would be pretty badass. Yeah. It would be cool. You're right. It's at Dallas, Texas at the American Airlines Center. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking on the official Wikipedia page. Ooh, so official. Yeah, and there's two matches, like we just said. 
Um, I think Cena and Ambrose is a great idea. I have a feeling something will happen where they'll push it to survive a series where the winner of that match will face Rollins. Yeah, it's very possible. Um, yeah, so they announced that match, and immediately Ambrose gave Cena like a double arm DDT kind of thing. Which was awesome, and it popped the crowd. It popped the crowd. The crowd loved it. Which, it's funny, at any other time in history, that would have been Ambrose's heel turn. Yep. But in, in re- instead, it makes him more of a more of a popular more of a popular figure with the crowd. Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah, it is pretty funny. I think but that's it's time. awesome. Uh, Dean Ambrose is just is over. He's getting. He's definitely in that main event level now. The most over guy in the company. The most over guy in no the company. No one more over with the crowd than Dean Ambrose. And um, you know, Roman Reigns is supposed to be the next gold child, golden child kind of thing. Yep. I think it's. Dean Ambrose's turn. I was going to say that could change. That could very well change. I, I think it's going to change. And from a report I'd read online today is WWE has already secured on paper what they want the WrestleMania 31 main event to be. That's cool. Depending on whatever it is, yeah. at least they have a plan. And let's yeah. see if they stick with it. So apparently they've done that. And I hope it involves Dean Ambrose. He's just kicking ass, and he's a baby face, but he's over. He's yeah. shades of gray. He's a baby face, but he's not your typical baby face. He's a badass, and he's a seems like a kind of a regular guy with a little bit of a crazy twist that some of us can actually relate to. It's someone we can all relate to. We can't relate to John Cena and his squeaky clean attitude and his 260-pound frame with his gorilla arms <sighs> that pop out of his out of his shirts every week. Not everyone can quite relate to that guy. No. Just I, my opinion. Yeah, no, but if there's one great thing coming out in WWE right now, it's all these S.H.I.E.L.D. guys. Yeah, they they simply are going to end up revolutionizing this company. Yep, they're they, all the next big thing. They are, they are. And, and it's not just Dean Ambrose, it's Seth Rollins. I don't particularly like Seth Rollins' character, but I don't mean I don't like it. It's He's a heel. People may not like him at the moment, but he's a heel, and I don't mind where his character is going. Oh, yeah, and he's a fantastic athlete, and you don't get to see him perform on Raw very often. And when he does, it's only in little tidbits. It's teasing him, so it makes those pay per view matches that he wrestles absolutely that much more entertaining. And that's how it works. That's how you do it. And exactly. They, yeah, and they are they're that's, doing it well. That's where they're getting it right. That's where they're starting to get it right a little bit. Yep. So that's that's positive. That's something positive that we can look into the future. Yep, and they're doing well in that. And that's basically raw for you from um, October 6, 2014. Absolutely. Um, so we've been going about an hour. Uh, maybe we'll just cover a couple of quick other topics. Lesnar. Yep. Where has he been? When is he coming back? I think it's safe to say he's not going to be at Hell in a Cell. He won't be. And the next pay-per-view after this is Survivor Series, Survivor correct? Series. I'm assuming he's back then. I'm assuming so. But my my question is, not my guess, my question, who the hell does he wrestle? Is it Cena again? Uh, I, I mean, I really hope not. Is it The Rock? Is it a th- baby face Randy Orton? 
could be a possibility. And it's funny you say that because Orton has been teasing, breaking away from that authority for the last two or three weeks now with some of the things he says. Who knows? Let me ask a a quick question before we finish up and wrap it up here. Who in that company is even a legitimate threat to Brock Lesnar at this point? I don't know. They, you know what? It's it's the PG era, right? But they don't have any other top baby face talent in that company other than John Cena. That's all they have. That's all they have. And Dean Ambrose is starting to get there, but he's not a guy who's been an established baby face for quite a while. You're right. Dean Ambrose is like Stone Cold in like 97. Yeah, he's starting to build up and build up, and it takes a while. It takes a while. So Austin was popular in 1997, but it also took him another full year to get to that main event and win that belt and fully get over. So he's not there yet. So he's not... He's not totally there yet, but he's going to be soon, and I can only imagine him as one of the top guys. Absolutely. And um, if Cena ever takes a break, he can certainly step in his shoes. Of course. Um, so Lesnar's out. There's some speculation online that he may have some sort of injury or illness or something. I don't think he's hurt. I'll I don't tell you think he is either. one blog I read today, though. Um, this run of his will be his last run in the WWE. His contract is up in his contract is up in six months. Yeah, and if we look, it's November, December, January, February, March, and the sixth month is April. And we all know what event normally happens at the beginning of April. That That's would right. be WrestleMania. My quick opinion: it's just a night, just something thrown out there. Brock Lesnar's going back to UFC when he comes back. You think so? I look, I look at him. I don't think he's sick. I think he was sick. He had that diver, diverticulitis, and I think he de- dealt with it a few times. I think it's something that beat him down. When he first came back into WWE, when he wrestled Cena at Extreme Rules in 2012, I believe. 2012, yep. He did not look healthy. He looked like a guy who was starting to get back into shape. The last two months I've looked at him, he looks fantastic. He looks similar to the old Lesnar that we've seen now, you know, add on 10 years to his, he's not in the prime of his life anymore, but he looks physically, he looks fantastic. Yeah. He's looking good. I'm wondering if he's using this WWE stint as an opportunity to build up his return to UFC. See, there's a lot of speculation with that, and I've read all those same blogs, and it's all over. Whenever I go to Yahoo, yep. that's on the main of page. Course. And it, it's all speculation. It, that's it, all it it's is. It's all speculation, but I wonder where would he make more money? Because remember, anything any wrestler or sports figure does is because of money. Of course, and especially with a guy like Brock Lesnar. Yes, especially with him. He's got a family to support. Not that he's probably not a millionaire. Yeah, at this he's point. not hurting for money, but still. But I wonder where the bigger payday is. Is it in it's WWE or good, UFC? That's a good question. I, I'll, I'll answer. I'll answer that question with another question, and it's not just to you, Cody. It's to anyone out there. Anyone who dogs wrestling or this and that. Let me ask them one simple question. What UFC pay-per-view has more buy rates and makes more money than WrestleMania? 
Yeah, you're right on that. I None. mean, I don't know the buy rates on UFC. I know they've been down, which is why they really? want Lesnar back. That's what the oh. that's what this whole thing is revolving. UFC buy rates have been plummeting in the last really? year or two. Yeah, so it's it, something. That's another couple things I've been reading, which is why this Lesnar talk is starting to resurface. Now, it may not be him that wants to go back to UFC. It may be UFC that wants to reunite with Brock Lesnar. In the Brock Lesnar brand. Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting situation. We'll see how it plays out in the next six months. Absolutely. But before that happens, it's interesting to see how his final six months or the last six months of his contract, or current contract, play out with the WWE. To me, that's more interesting right now. It is more interesting. He, for the first time in, well, the, I know it happened when Daniel Bryan didn't defend the belt, but that was for an injury-related situation. For the first time in years that I can remember, and maybe you can too, the WWE World Heavyweight Champion won't be defending his title at a WWE pay-per-view. It's not going to happen. It would have been built right. up by now. You know what, though? I think that's okay. It is okay, and, and that's fine. But here's my question. You talked about Orton a little bit. Who in that company has the clout to take on a guy? I look at John Cena. Randy Orton, you could throw his hat in the ring. The guy's been a top superstar for a decade now, over a decade. Who else after those two guys possess the type of clout to come in and wrestle him? Now... A guy like Batista is making his return at some point. He's just a big name I'm throwing out there. Yeah, well, that might be delayed a little bit. There's also another character. Oh, here we go. Who I don't think he's going to wrestle him. But when the hell does Stinger drive on WWE television? And um. I don't think it's one match. I just, I just, I know you think it's one match with him. I just have a feeling it's not. Well, the reason why I would think it was is one match. The one match, the first match should be at WrestleMania. Yeah, I think so. But because they want a big buy rates, they want big money. Yeah, and you want to that. build up the fact that no one's seen him wrestle in the first time they will on WWE television or or WWE programming yep. will be WrestleMania. So you're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. Um, I don't know. It, the next few months should be really interesting if they play their cards right. Um the next guy to face him, what if it... Well, I don't know when Roman Reigns is coming back. Not that he should win because he shouldn't. I don't know who it could be. I don't think any, I don't think anybody's going to beat him possibly till WrestleMania or Royal Rumble. I don't think anyone's beating him until WrestleMania. I'll give you my quick opinion on what I really think is going to happen. I think he could fight a guy like Randy Orton at Survivor Series. Now, if he beats him at Survivor Series, what is the next pay per view after the Survivor Series? I can't. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't. I know. couldn't. It's I couldn't even the... tell you. And that's coming from a wrestling fan of twenty years that I can't tell you what the next pay per view is. But whatever it is, I can see Lesnar. Let's say beating a guy like Cena or Orton one more time at Survivor Series. I could see him not defending the belt again. Now the next pay per view is the Royal Rumble, correct? After that in January. 
Yeah, and um, after Survivor Series, it's TLC. TLC. TLC, okay. Um, I could see him not defending that title there. I can see Again. that too. So let's say he... Let's say whoever he fights at Survivor Series, he successfully def- successfully defends. He doesn't fight at TLC. That becomes the Rumble. Who wins the Rumble? My question is, my feeling is, Daniel Bryan wins the Royal Rumble. Really? And my feeling is that Daniel Bryan is wrestling Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania That 31. could be interesting, and I like that idea. Now, let's talk about Royal Rumble really quick, because earlier this week, they announced... It's going to be another 40-man Royal Rumble. Wow. Yeah. So that's interesting. So you know now that there's going to be a handful of surprise guys. There's going to be a handful of surprise guys. Definitely Daniel Bryan, I would say. Definitely Batista. Batista. Reigns. Reigns. People are saying Sting, maybe. Yeah, it's a possibility. I think that would be interesting, but do you let Sting get thrown out, or do you set up with a... You have to set up... You can't let Sting lose if he was to come in. He needs to be thrown out by somebody he's going to wrestle at WrestleMania. Yeah, I think it would be cool to set it up in a way where he's either eliminated one by someone who's not in the Rumble or he eliminates someone in the Rumble, mm-hmm. mainly maybe a Bray Wyatt. Yeah, okay. And Bray Wyatt comes back and gets over on him and screws him from being eliminated. That's a possibility. Yeah. Um, either way, Royal Rumble is going to be incredibly interesting this year. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And it's going to set up a lot of storylines for 2015. Absolutely. And for WrestleMania. Yeah. Just for Mania, which always... It's in April. It's four months after the new year really starts. But WrestleMania really, truly kicks off the year in wrestling. Yep. And it's right. awesome. You know, Royal, Royal Rumble kind of does. But what Royal Rumble does is brings in the last year and it culminates it. And helps build up the new, the new year in wrestling, and uh, folks, it's only five or six months away. Yeah. So it's something to get energized about. This is the time of year where wrestling starts to get fun again, and it's cool that we're starting our podcast around this time. Yeah. Because we have quite a bit to talk about. Now, um, one last thing. And I've heard other podcasts talk about this because yeah. I like to listen to a lot of other podcasts. Yeah, me too. Um, Cesaro, maybe. How about a babyface Cesaro against Lesnar at Royal Rumble, which they would need to build him babyface now, which they should have been doing since they WrestleMania. They should have been doing that for a, few, for a while now. Yeah, yeah. They, they really dropped the ball on that whole thing, and he's become the um, kind of jobber heel Mid-card jobber heel. Yep. But a cocky heel almost. They need to build him up and turn him babyface as soon as they possibly can just so they have... What if Cena goes away tomorrow? They have one other big babyface and he's not even... Yeah, they're screwed. That would they, be a cool match though. Him and Brock Lesnar would yeah, be a pretty cool match. They're both really aggressive and hard-hitting and yep. they'll have a stiff match. Absolutely. Um, so that's, that's another thing. Um, and Royal Rumble, by the way, is in Philadelphia this year. And possibly thinking about maybe trying to get a road trip down to that. That's not a bad idea, Cody. Yeah. As we're looking at each other right now, we're thinking that might be what we're going to do. I put some feelers out with some people already. And um, for those who don't know and those who are listening on Director's Cut and on the podcast world, we are taping this in Massachusetts right now. Yep. About five, ten minutes outside of Providence. Yep. 
and um, Providence, Rhode Island, which in our neck of the woods is basically the um, capital of southern Massachusetts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it, it should be interesting, and that, that's a whole other thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, we wrapped up Raw, which in my opinion, maybe I think it was maybe like a C. Maybe C minus. Yeah, we'll give it a we'll give it a solid C. Yeah, a solid, give it a solid C. C. We'll be nice. Yeah, we bashed, so we'll be nice. We'll finish off on a positive note. That's right. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Anything you're looking forward to in the next week? I'm looking forward to see what else they build for Hell in a Cell. Uh, you know, they obviously already kind of built the semi main event. Uh, Ambrose and Cena alone is a main event, but the, obviously the main event really is uh, Rollins against obviously the winner of that match. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, in the next week. Uh, but I do know for certain we'll be back in a week from now to talk about it. A week from now, so it seems like every Wednesday we're going to be doing this. Hopefully, we can get this out to you guys every Thursday um, on DirectorsCut.com, and hopefully soon we'll be announcing we're officially on iTunes in the podcast section and um, I think that about wraps it up for this week absolutely so uh, from the Chief and Cody thank you for tuning in to In the Corner on Attitude Sports